Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday, it is March 19th, it's 2019, and we have six basketball games to talk about here on today's slate. Before we get into the six-game slate, I do have a little bit of a special podcast today. We're going to talk about the six games. We're going to bring on JSU here in a little while. But before we do that, I got the guys from TeamRankings.com. I got Tom and David. How are you guys doing? Uh, Tom, you know, Meta FSTA, it's been a little bit. How are you doing? Yeah, doing well, Stevie. Thanks for having us on, man. We're excited to talk talk March ma- March Madness here, if I can speak. David, how are you doing, my friend? Pretty good. Yeah. And you guys must be really busy time of the year. March Madness right around the corner. I know. You know, we got all, we got all these questions. I, I see it every day on, on Twitter. People asking about brackets and all that stuff. So, Tom, give me give me a quick rundown. TeamRankings.com. I know. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on in your site for, you know, NCAA for the for the brackets and stuff. Give me a quick overview of what we can find, you know, for the majority here. Yeah, I mean, this week, everybody just cares about bracket picks. And so, you know, in short, what we do for bracket picks is exactly like the tools that that Grinders produces for DFS. We've got a effectively a pick optimizer that'll give you the best chance to win your pool by customizing bracket picks based on the number of people you're playing against and your scoring system and strategy factors like that. So, you know, just like in DFS, man, if it's, you know, you're playing in a big GPP or a, a small cash game, obviously your approach to making your picks and the game theory you apply to it, whether you're kind of shooting to have a, a high ceiling score, a kind of boomer bust strategy or a, a, a high floor, something more conservative, um, we apply all those concepts to bracket. And we've been doing this for about 20 years, and uh, we've uh, you know been able to customize picks for for thousands of bracket pools now. And on average, our customers win bracket pools about uh, 320 percent more often than expected. So the results have been good. All right, so I I, I don't typically do brackets. I, I talk about this from time to time. I'm not a big college basketball person. I do love my Gators. Um, now I'm looking at teamrankings.com and it's it's very easy to use. And I'm not just saying that because Tom's a cool dude. I'm saying that because I don't get all this bracket stuff. I don't get into this March Madness stuff, but I like the fact that it's really easy to use. David, Tom puts you on the spot. He 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 emailed me and he said that you know all the team info. You're the team info guy, and he puts you on the spot. Yeah, I mean the last three days I've I've basically been doing nothing but like research into injuries and playing time changes and you know rotation changes and seeing how teams play uh with and without certain players and i got a spreadsheet here with all my notes and we basically take our our raw power ratings and i do all this research and adjust them to uh you know account for all this stuff that you know the raw ratings is pretty simple it's just score of every game it doesn't get into nuances of you know oh the rotation changed we're gonna weight that game lower that kind of thing so I've been doing that for a couple of days, so I'm I'm uh I'm dreaming about uh, with and without you numbers right now. <laughs> um, all right, so Tom, I'm on site now, and 
I, I started to do my own little bracket here. Um, I'm 48 games left. I've been looking all the info. Like, it, tell me, is this going to be a chalky year first round? Or are we going to see? Is there like any upsets that really stand out to you? Well, I mean, you know the the biggest thing with brackets is to recognize that every year is every year is different. The tournament field is going to have different characteristics that you're going to have to react to with your strategy, right? So, um, you know, if someone ever tells you, uh, you know, some golden rule for picking brackets, you know, you got to have you know all number one seeds, but one, you know, uh, one number three or number four in there to mix it up, or if you, uh, you know, if you want to win a really big pool you got to pick kind of a dark horse sleeper pick to go all the way um the reality is it just all depends on the uh you know the dynamics of every every year's field and, and this year um you know basically the, the big news about this year's ncaa tournament field is that um you know there are some years where the selection committee is kind of questionable and how well they actually seed teams uh, this year especially at the top of the bracket so like the one seeds and the two seeds they did a really good job almost unbelievably um you know if you uh if you look at the futures odds and the betting markets for um what teams are most likely to win the tournament this year um the first eight are literally just one seed, one seed, one seed, one seed, and then all the twos. So you've got a situation this year where a, um, you know, the the top seeded teams seem to be seeded properly, and b, they're also just really good compared to the rest of the field. Um, the ones and two seeds are kind of you know the the clear best teams in the tournament um, by a decently wide margin, and so. That has big implications for bracket strategy. And, and the short of it is, uh, you know, this probably isn't a great year to kind of base your whole bracket strategy on a, a kind of dark horsey pick going all the way because there's just such a high. We ran the numbers this morning. And I believe it's uh, according to, you know, our projections, which are also very close to the betting markets projections. Um, I believe there's a 68% chance that a number one seed wins the tournament this year. No, Which is seems really highest. <laughs> yeah, that's the highest since we've been tracking it over the last decade. So, so, so uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys, if I'm going to do a bracket, I'm probably not going to have the number ones in all my all four. So I'm probably not doing it right this year is what you're saying. I, I probably I probably need to be a less of a contrarian person, which doesn't fit me at all. Um, you know, in this bracket this year. Well, I mean, the funny thing is I'll let David explain it. You, you, you can basically be relatively contrarian this year by, you know, picking several of the ones. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, the thing that we like to look for a lot of times is teams that have value. And by value, we mean their odds to reach a certain spot in the bracket are higher than the, percent of the public that's picking them to reach that spot right and this year there's actually value in picking virginia and gonzaga one seeds into the final four uh, that's pretty rare and what's even more rare is they both have uh over a 40 percent chance to get there i've never seen in our data teams with that high of a chance to get to the final four also having value usually the public is all over the teams that that are that strong but this year, you know, there's the narrative of Virginia always chokes, so people aren't picking them. <laughs> and Zaga, I mean, I think people just, they're a small conference team. Even though they made the final a couple of years ago, I think they still, people just discount them because they're not in a major conference. And then, of course, 
you know, Duke is so good that everyone's picking them in the final four. So they probably, like you said, you want to pick something besides all one. So they're like, well, I, I'm not going to pick Virginia, I guess, or I'm not going to pick Gonzaga. So it's holding their, their pick percentages down. So there's actually value strangely in picking the one seeds to the final four. That's okay. As long as you're not taking Michigan, the final four, you're fine because Florida's going to beat Nevada and then they're going to take out Michigan in the second round. So, um, could be easier I, said than done. <laughs> yeah, I'm obviously totally a homer. All right, let's have some fun here, David. Give me, give me, give me your pick to win everything, and give me maybe a sleeper that you've uh, that you've kind of found as you've been going through this team info. And then, Tom, I'm I'm gonna let you go second. Um, after David's done here, putting the pressure on David first. Well, I mean, by the numbers, the pick to win everything has got to be Duke. They're uh, they're about even in the raw ratings with with uh, Gonzaga and Virginia, but you know Zion Williamson is the best player in college basketball, and he missed I don't remember how many games it was five games or something. And they also had some uh, Trey Jones missed some time, Cam Reddish missed some time, so those players are all healthy now, and they're better than their raw rating indicates, and considerably better. So they're solidly the favorite. They're they're thirty percent. Uh, chance to win in our numbers which is um it's the biggest favorite since kentucky in 2015 where that that team entered the tournament undefeated and was the huge favorite um but i mean kentucky didn't win duke 30 percent less than 50 duke's probably not going to win either so uh you know it's tough to to say for sure and they do have a, a little issue that marcus bolden didn't play in the the acc tournament last game so um i haven't looked in the last few hours, maybe there was news, but last time I looked, he, he was still uncertain for the NCAA tournament, so that could hold them down a little bit. But they're still considerably the uh, the best team in the field, and uh, a sleeper. So you mean like a maybe a double, maybe like a maybe an elite game? eight run, elite eight run. Give me an elite eight run that maybe is just kind of even a sweet sixteen. Give me give me a team that might not be on everybody's radar. Uh, I mean our. Our big thing this year, not big thing, but something that we haven't uh, done before is we're actually projecting a 12 seed with the best odds to get out of a, a pod. Like normally the four or the five in, in those pods with four, 13 and five, 12 games, the four or the five always has the best odds. But this year we actually have Oregon as the best team in that pod, even though they're the 12 seed. I think that's not super sleeper pick. I think a lot of people are talking about them, but they're still not the most picked team in that in that pod people are talking about them but they're still significantly undervalued so that that's uh one we also have on that same pod you see irvine is only a couple of points worse than kansas state it's the 13 so they've got a chance to pull an upset there and then you know who knows what will happen in the second round so that that whole pod is uh full of sleepers basically all right, Tom. Um, I'll let David go now. Now, give me the goodness here. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, he. I'll tell you. He uh, defer to David is my answer. He's the one that's been looking at all the numbers. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, Tom probably doesn't even know who's in the bracket. <laughs> yeah, right. No. <laughs> uh, I mean, my my the the only point I, I wanted to add on to like what David says is I think the uh, there's definitely a bias that people have when they're filling out brackets that especially in the early rounds that they have to pick a bunch of upsets that like what's going to differentiate your score, you know, what's going to be the big differentiator and whether you win or lose is, uh, you know, kind of how many of those first round sleeper picks you can actually get right. Those first round upsets when in reality, in most scoring systems, they mean almost nothing. You know, you're in a typical bracket scoring system. You're, you're going to get 32 points 
for picking your champion, 16 points for picking either of the two finalists. So, you know, picking one of the finalists right is worth the equivalent of literally picking 16 first round games right. So, you know, my, yeah, I'll be, I'll be contrarian on this discussion and say, I mean, typically that there's so much kind of effort expended talking about first round upsets as an example. And, uh, Really, what you need to be concentrating on in most scoring systems is just the the end of the bracket there. So, you know, Duke, the, the big deal this year is kind of, you know, Duke or no Duke is obviously the the, the $10 million question, whatever you want to call it. And um, figuring out whether, you know, if you're in a smaller pool, typically you want to take less risk, go with uh, more of the safer pick. If you're in a bigger pool, though, um, or even a midsize pool this year, um, you know, there are definitely strong cases to be made for, for avoiding Duke there and picking one of the other teams um, that, that might have a little, that, that do have value, whereas Duke is overpicked. All right. All right. So, you know, we, we've, we've pretty much talked about how this is like an optimizer for your brackets and, you know, that's fantastic. I have one more question before I let you guys go. Now, can we use this optimizer to take advantage of maybe like the sports betting world? Um, is it going to show me like over under who's hitting the spreads, who's not hitting the spreads? Um, can I use this to kind of take advantage of if I live in Vegas or if I live in one of the states that's, you know, legal as far as that? So the pro the product itself is designed just to obviously optimize for bracket picks, which are okay. you know very different than sports betting, right? I mean the the big source of edge in bracket pools is that you know like DFS you're playing against other people, and a lot of them are uh, are kind of you know there's a lot of fish out there, especially in bracket pools. Um, every all the casual people get drawn in and that's what drew us to bracket pools in the first place actually that just we thought it was literally the you know the most inefficient market that you could play in um, if you could figure out the right ways to get an edge uh, i mean you can obviously apply these uh we we have other products on the site we have models that we predictive models that we specifically built to make predictions against point spreads and over underlines and actually our our um our models picks for uh, college basketball totals, the over-unders are actually the best performing betting picks on our entire site. For We've got about a, since 2007, we've been doing, our models have been doing college basketball over-under picks. It's been over 3,000 recommended picks since then, and they're, they've hit it like 55.3%, uh, I think, as of this morning. So the, they've actually been really, really good. Um, but that's kind of a separate product um, on the site versus our, our bracket optimizer. All right. So a lot of stuff going on for March Madness over at teamrankings.com. Um, highly suggest you guys check it out. It's very easy. Even I'm able to figure it out. And uh, wow. I obviously have wow. no idea what I'm doing when it comes to the bracket pools. But Tom and uh, David, it's been fun. I appreciate you guys joining me. Um, yeah, teamrankings.com, right? Yeah, I would say there's we have set up a page uh, if anyone's listening to the pod and uh, and wants to to subscribe this year to our bracket optimizer. Um, we've got teamrankings.com slash grinders. You can go to that page and uh, you'll get 10% off our, uh, our bracket picks. And there's some other packages on there. We, we do football pools as well um, where you can get even bigger discounts. So it's just uh, teamrankings.com slash grinders. Yeah, so check that out. Uh, save money. And, you know, always when you can save money, save money. So win, win money. The win money, then save money. <laughs> yeah, well, you, well, you save the money on the ten percent, and then you win the money. Um, yeah, yeah. 
So the winning is more important than the saving, though. <laughs> for sure, yes. Always, always down to win some money. But uh, like I said, guys, I appreciate you joining me. Um, we'll be back here. Time to talk some basketball with JSU. Before we do that, Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy, sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission free. While other brokerages charge up to ten dollars for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees. So you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. Very easy to understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movement so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Roto-Grinders a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at fantasyfix.robinhood.com. All right, it's time to talk some NBA. Like I said at the beginning, we have a six-game slate. We're joined by JSU. John, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, doing pretty good, you know, sweating out the uh, final games of the NBA slate tonight. And, uh, you know, I was getting ready for this slate for tomorrow. So uh, ready to talk some hoops with you. Pretty excited. Looks like a pretty good six-game slate. We got a bunch of bunch of kind of awesome games, I think. So I'm ready, ready to break it down. Yeah, for a six-game slate, um, it, it, there is some really good games. We were talking about it pre-show. I'm ready for it to start. I um a little bit too much Emmanuel Moutier. Um, you, you know, I'm ready for Monday slate to be over. Ready to move on to Tuesday. Going back to one lineup. I was just telling you I played multi-entry because I was sick and I was in bed all day. So that obviously there's nothing else to do but make lineups on my laptop. Uh, if you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over there. Check them out. It's fantasydraft.com. The listeners league will be posted in the comments section. If you want to play in the listeners league, everybody that played in the listeners league on Monday, you're welcome for me paying the rake. Um, you know, we only had 58 people. So, you know, in, in a contest with only 58 people, fantasy draft is paying the rake in that bad boy. So let's fill this up. Let's continue to support the sponsor. If you haven't checked them out, Go over to Roto-Grinders, sign up to the Roto-Grinders links for Fantasy Draft, or just join the Listener's League and make an account that way because it will have the Grinders code in there for you. So, all right, John, six games. We start with Philly at Charlotte, 232 and a half, and Charlotte's actually favored by one in this game. Embiid is out, Zeller is doubtful, and Parker is out. Uh, let's start with the Philadelphia side. Very rare that we see... You know, Charlotte favored over Philly here, but, you know, Charlotte being at home, Philly missing Embiid. What are we looking at here when it comes to Philly? Yeah, well, I mean, um, first of all, Boban. Got to get back on this Boban train, I think. You know, uh, pretty sure he'll get the start and, um, you know, lock him into, you know, 20, 25 minutes, maybe upwards of 30. I don't know, but probably around 25-ish. And I'll take that as a salary. Uh, with no one beat out. Um, I think Tobias Harris is another guy I'm going to look at. Um, Those would be two of my favorite, along with Ben Simmons would be third, and then Jimmy Butler would be fourth for me. Yeah, obviously this is a spot that 
we want to uh, attack Philadelphia and, and beat off the floor. He's a guy that floats around like a 30% usage rate. So not only are we seeing usage bumps across the, uh, across the board here, but we're also seeing like minutes Embiid plays like 30 minutes, um, 30 to 35 minutes on a nightly basis. So we see a, we, we see a usage bump here, you know, for, for Simmons. Um, we see a usage bump for Butler. They're both averaging, over 1.2 fantasy points per minute, but Boban, 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 Boban is a guy that can absolutely crush. Um, the only thing that kind of concerns me here with Zeller doubtful is this game kind of goes a little bit smaller and we only see Boban play like 15 to 20 minutes. So does that concern you at all, knowing that he's probably going to be like massive chalk here? Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, I think that they, they run out, you know, like 20, 25 minutes of like, you know, Hernan Gomez or Bismack or something like that. So I, I'm not worried about it as much because, like I said, um, you know, Boban isn't a guy. He's gonna, he's not going to break more than like 25 to 30 minutes. I don't think he sees 30 like you said because they might run smaller. But I, I don't know. I, I think he's right around 25. And at 25 minutes, 4,100 on DK, uh, that's something I'm, I'm into. Even at 20 minutes, let him get 20 minutes. Yeah. We know he's a guy that can almost average two fantasy points per minute. So even at, tw- at 20 minutes against Charlotte, they're the worst team in the league against centers this season. So amazing spot for Boban. I- I'm just playing devil's advocate. That's all. Um, yeah. I agree with you. I like Tobias. I like Simmons. I like Butler. Um, all those guys firmly in play for me. I don't think this is a spot that I would play a Mike Scott or a Jonathan Simmons. They just don't do a lot. You know, we know where the usage is going to be here. Um, let's talk Charlotte. Um, you know, Zeller doubtful. You pretty much talked about Biombo maybe getting some run here. Maybe Hernan Gomez. Uh, is there anything standing out to you? I mean, not not really on the Charlotte side. I mean, Nick Batum's price at fifty two hundred, I think, is uh, it's a it's a it's a little too cheap. I I I, I do kind of like that. Um, don't love it. I think he's a guy who could get you, you know, 30, maybe 35. Um, you know, Jeremy Lamb is always in play at, for tournaments for me. You know, he's seen uh, his last three games, seen 37, 30, 33 minutes. Um, so he, he's getting the minutes. I do like that. Um, but other than that, I, I don't know if I want to take a shot with Marvin. I mean, Marvin's cheap at 4,500, but I, I just don't think I'm going to go there. So for me, really, it's like Lamb or Batum if I want to take a shot with one of those guys. Yeah, I was looking at Marvin Williams' split against Philly this season. It's been a team that he hasn't played a ton of minutes against, and obviously that worries me a little bit. But we look at pure matchup. Philly's allowing the fourth most fantasy points per game to power forwards. It's a, a position that we usually attack against Philly. If you think this game goes small, maybe Marvin Williams plays a little bit of five against maybe like a Mike Scott or somebody. And I don't think he's the worst tournament play here. I just think there's going to be better tournament plays as we're going, because even on a six game slate, like we get Houston at Atlanta, we get the bucks at LA with possibly like five or six guys out. Like it's just a spot that, I don't think I end up on Marvin Williams, but I, I could see why somebody would use him. I, I really think Kimba's the guy. If I play anybody here from Charlotte, it's Kimba. You know, he's averaging 65 fantasy points in three matchups against his teams this season. So Kimba would probably be my favorite play from Charlotte. 
And that would just be if I'm playing like two guys from Philly and I want to run it back and make a little game stack is where I would be using Kimba. Yeah, I mean, the the way I play, that that makes a lot of sense. The way I play, I, I just don't think with a, a lot of other studs on the slate, I'm going to be able to fit Kemba in my uh, line of construction. That's just the way I'm looking at it right now. But I get just from a pure matchup standpoint, it's a, it's a good play. It's just the way I'm looking at building right now. I might need some of those mid-tier guys like Batum to kind of fill out my lineup or Lamb because um, there's a bunch of guys that we'll talk about later that I – I think at least one or two that I, I really like and want to pay up for. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's move on. Houston at Atlanta, 232.5 total here. Houston favored by 7.5 in this game. Really, the only injury news is the same. You know, Plumlee's out. Let's start with Houston. Obviously, anytime a team is playing Atlanta, we get interested. They're a team that just allows a ton of fantasy points. The most fantasy points per game, you know, just overall. The, the most uh, point guards and shooting guards – we attacked this team with point guard and shooting guards all season. Is this the spot we pay up for Harden, or do we take the discount and play Chris Paul, or do we play them both? Uh, I mean, Harden's definitely in play. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to play both Harden and Chris Paul. I think if I was going to play two, it would be Harden and Capella. Um, I, I don't mind either playing Capella and Chris Paul, but I, I think for me it's between Harden and Capella or playing both of them on this slate. I really like this matchup for Capella. Um, also, obviously, for Harden as well. Um, so definitely in you know, some of my lineups, I'm definitely going to be looking at playing Harden. Uh, Paul, I think I'm going to leave out. Um, not a bad play at 7,100 on DraftKings, but just uh, for me, I'm probably just not going to get there. I know, um, you know on FanDuel, he's a little, little more pricier at 8,500, so I think it's a a better DraftKings play, but I, I I'm just not going to fall on it today. Um, Eric Gordon, if you want to take a shot, you could do. Um, but for me, I think it's just compelling and Harden for me. Yeah, I think Chris Paul is an excellent uh, cash game play on this slate. Like he has a really high floor in this spot. You know, he has a ceiling. Chris Paul has a ceiling. We're not going to sit here and say Chris Paul doesn't. I think even for 50 fantasy points in his last game, so. We're not sitting here saying Chris Paul doesn't have a ceiling. I just think he's probably ended up probably a better cash game play. But, like, the ceiling for Harden against Atlanta is probably 100. Like, you know, this guy, he has a massive – he has massive upside. Like, realistically, he, he's probably sitting at, like, 70-plus in this matchup if this game stays close. And we know, like, Atlanta's kept games close all season when they're at home. So, I think that Harden – I like the Capella call. Chris Paul for cash. Eric Gordon is not bad at 5,500. I think there's going to be better value players on this slate than Eric Gordon, but love Harden here. No no secret, right? Like It's not a hot take. Yeah. Just, you know, play the MVP. Um, are we running it back here with anybody at Atlanta? Like, Trey Young's price has come down. He's had some stinkers. Uh, is there anything here on Atlanta that you like? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm going to run it back with some Trey Young, maybe some John Collins as well. Uh, last game, Collins, uh, if you just kind of look and see, he only got 20 minutes. He, he was in foul trouble the whole game. He ended up fouling out late. But, I mean, prior to that, man, he's been on fire. The, the last, like, you know, five games he's had 20 or more points. Like, the guy's just been going nuts. So, I, 
think I think you got to look at him um, at seventy five hundred on DK. You know, Trey Young seventy two hundred. Like you said, his price is going down. He's still taking a, a bunch of shots when he's out there. He's got the ball in his hands all the time. So, um, just two guys that if you know, I'm stacking this game up. I definitely like. Uh, Deadman's price is cheap if you want to take a shot on him. Um, but other than that, those are definitely the two guys I'll be targeting. Yeah, I love Trey Young here. Like we're just talking pure ceiling for price. Like he's in that like mid-tier range. He's not like super expensive. He's not super cheap, but he's cheaper than he probably should be for his ceiling here. Um, this is the cheapest he's been in like 13 games, is what I think I looked up. Uh so I love this upside. You, you mentioned it. He's still taking the shots. Like, outside of the Memphis game where they blew out Memphis, the shot attempts are still high. So, I think this is an excellent spot to play Trey Young. You know, he, he played really well the first time these two teams met. He played 40 minutes and took 23 shots in Houston. So, love Trey Young in this spot. Don't mind Deadman. Collins always has upside. So, you know, we're, we're two games in, and, and you know, we, we have two games here. We both have 232 totals, and I, I think the easiest way to approach these two games that we've talked about is just play the best options. Um, and, and, you know, we try to get contrarian, and we try to find those cheap guys that could go off, but, you know, the best advice I could give for the first two games is just play the studs because uh, those are likely the guys that are going to go off in these first two games. Yeah, and, and one thing, too, really interesting on, on DK, I think, is going to be, you know, with the Giannis questionable news, who knows when we'll get that. Um, right now, he's listed as questionable. Obviously, Brogdon's already out. I think Milwaukee, who we're going to talk about next, is going to be targeted heavily, and especially if Giannis is out. So especially with the Atlanta game being 7.30 and Philly-Charlotte being 7, um we might not get some of that news, some of that Giannis news beforehand. So people might kind of hold off on fully stacking these games. The ownership might be a little bit down. I've noticed on DK ownership in those, in those early games are a little lower, even, even good with like high total games are just a little lower because of the late swap and because people are still waiting on news. So it's really interesting if you wanted to stack those two games just fully up um in tournaments i think it's a it's a good strategy completely different than baseball late games in baseball are always low uh you mentioned it it is time to talk about that milwaukee game we got the lakers and the bucks 236 and a half total here milwaukee's favored by 13 ball is out chandler is questionable Hart is questionable ingram's out on the Bucks side brogdon is out brown is out Giannis is questionable the fact that this game has a total makes me think Giannis is play, going to play for what it's worth um, and for the fact that it's a 13-point total or spread. Um, let's start with the Lakers. What are we looking at here um, when we look at the Lakers? I was very shocked to see LeBron play 35 minutes um, in New York the other day. Yeah, me too. Uh, me too. I, I, honestly, I, I'm, I'm wondering if this is a, another spot where they give them the, what is it, the load management rest? Whatever that, whatever that is, pretty much um, for LeBron James, because I, I, I like you, was shocked he played 35 minutes last game. So uh, who knows if he'll rest? I, right now he he seems like he's gonna play, but you know you never know by the time you know lock hits. But 
I mean, he's someone at ten two. If he's playing thirty five minutes, I think it's something you gotta you gotta at least consider. Um, definitely not like a lock in play, but uh, you know, someone to consider on the LA side. Um, another guy who has been playing pretty well is uh, Alex Caruso. Um, been getting around twenty five minutes a game, and you know, at thirty six hundred on DK, um, I could I could see the take a shot uh, on him. You know, but other than that, I'm not really that interested in these LA guys. Just kind of, kind of worried about minutes, and 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 I don't I don't know what's going to happen. You know. So Caruso is one of my favorite value plays on the slate. I'm actually sad that you brought him up. I, you started talking about all these guys. I was like, oh man, he's going to forget about my dude. Um, <laughs> John's way too sharp for me. Um, but I love Caruso here. We we know what the situation is. Hart's banged up. Like I'd be very shocked if Hart plays. Um, and Caruso's been playing really well. Like he's thirty six hundred. We want some studs. Like he's just too cheap for the production that he's been giving. He almost went for ten x against the Knicks the other day. Um, you know, at thirty six hundred, and he wasn't on the slate, but he probably was going to be like thirty four hundred on that slate. So I uh, love the upside for him. Outside of that, like I don't mind taking a shot on LeBron it's just like I'm getting up to Harden I, I think before I'm playing LeBron today you know Rondo's minutes are all over the place I, I don't think I can even trust that for a ceiling game um and, and then like Kuzma you know he's been consistent but he hasn't really shown that like massive upside I, the Lakers are in full we don't care mode and a guy like Caruso who is a young kid that wants to play i have a lot more interest in him than you know trying to attack any of these other guys but i think the minutes for caruso are going to be there regardless of um who plays and you know bullock bullock has just disappeared um since he's joined the lakers so bucks uh, obviously we're waiting on Giannis news um you know he makes a huge difference here because of middleton's price because of bledsoe's price if Giannis were to sit, both of those guys firmly in play. Um, John, what are we doing here with the Bucks? I mean, I, I think Bledsoe is just—he's he, underpriced. He's underpriced on DK um, here on Fanduel, even seventy-four hundred on Fanduel. I like that price too. I, I really like this matchup for him. Um, so I, I think he's one of my top plays from from the Bucks. If I had to take one. Um, Middleton's a guy who, if Giannis is out, I'll look at Middleton, but at 6,700, I'm not like trying to fit him in a ton of lineups unless I get that Giannis news. And then, uh, I mean, for me, I'm just gonna, I'm not, I'm probably not playing Giannis. I'm probably paying up for, uh, Harden. Um, you know, I don't mass multi-enter if I was multi-entering though, and I had a ton of lineups and he was in, I, I would have him on maybe a few in in game stacks only, but in a few. So that would be me. And then Brooke Lopez, I think, um, is one other guy, 5,500 on DraftKings. Um, I, th I think it, it's a great matchup for him. Yeah, Miritek drew the start uh, the other night when Brogdon was out. So kind of expecting the same thing to happen here. Um you know, Pat Cunnington is kind of interesting here. You know, he's 3,700. 
obviously you're going to need him to hit shots to get there, but he's certainly a guy that could get hot from, you know, three point range and like he's blowout proof, which is always good to attack when you, when you're facing a, a Lakers team that doesn't care. So I think he's a little interesting here. I, I still like Caruso more, but I can see a line of bill ending up on both of these guys too. Um, you know, just looking at how this slate's going and the fact that you can use him at small forward, um, you know, certainly helps, but, any interest in Miritic if Giannis is out um, at 4,800, probably knowing that he's going to start? Oh, yeah, 100%. If Giannis is out, I, I love Miritic um, at his price. It's just that's tough to get off of. You know, Connington, I, I don't know if I would, uh, you know, he seems like a guy they're already giving him like 25 minutes. You know, maybe he gets a, a little more of an uptick, but I, I don't see a ton. I don't know. Do you? The reason that I like him, if if Miritic gets the start, like he's going to get more shots with that second unit, is what I'm thinking. Okay. Like Miritic has the usage on that second unit. We're looking at like DJ Wilson, Pat. Um, they bring they usually like bring um, Bledsoe back in the second quarter and let him play on the second quarter. But I think he's going to get like. 10 to 12 minutes of higher usage if Miritic starts. Um, and, and I think that's enough if he's going to play 25 and half of that is going to have a little extra usage and he gets like eight to 10 shots here instead of like, you know, five to six. I think that's just going to make a little bit of a difference where he just has to hit his shots. Like at the end of the day, if he doesn't hit his shots, he's not going to get there. But if he puts up like five, six threes and hits half of them, um, he's going for over 20. Here's the thing, though, is if Giannis is out, does that tempt you to play some more Lakers? Because I think that's the question. I, I think it like does that, or do you still just play, you know, Miritic and you know Bledsoe or Middleton and just call it a day there? So I think if that's Giannis, the question everyone's going to have is like, do do can I trust the Lakers to keep it close? If or are you just going to go Caruso and and stack it up with uh, the rest of those Milwaukee guys? Is it sad that it's probably going to be Caruso? Because like, no. I mean, who do you trust? Like, it's so. Here's the thing: it's not like any of the Lakers are underpriced. You know, like they just had a competitive game against the Knicks, and, and you know, hardly any of them got there at their price. Like, you know, I, I think I think LeBron is is somewhat underpriced if he's getting 35 minutes. I don't, I don't disagree he, with that. I yeah. don't know if he. I don't know if he will get 35 minutes again. I, I don't understand why they even ran him out for 35 minutes, but I don't know. I, I think, I, I think his price is, 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 is cheap enough where if Giannis is out, I, I think it makes it a little more appealing for me to at least attempt it, you know, in a game stack. Can we realistically say like Rondo's probably underpriced if he's going to play 35 minutes too for like his oh, stealing? Yeah. Like hundred percent. His minutes are just all over the place. He's playing 28 minutes one night, 37, 30, like 30. He's probably priced right. But if he gets that 35, like, you know, it's, it makes a huge difference. Well, yeah. And, and I think what's crazy about it is, you know, they run him out for the full like quarter for 12 minutes straight in the first quarter. And then he doesn't go in until like the four minute mark or the two minute mark of the second quarter. You know, and it's like it's because you know when Caruso and guys like that are playing well, they just let them run, they just keep them in. So that's the worry if you play those guys. Yeah, for sure. Uh, 
the Lakers are becoming like the Knicks. Yeah, it's just you're you're flipping coins when it comes to the Lakers right now, trying to figure out what they're doing. Like the sad thing is, I I do think Luke Luke Walton's is a good coach. Um, I just think that he's not making a lot of the decisions right now when it comes to minutes. I, I think. LeBron has a lot to say, and I think the front office has a lot to say when it comes to that, too. Yeah, yep, 100% agree. Quip, sensitive sonic vibrations, gentle enough on your sensitive gums. People brush too hard, and some electric toothbrushes are just too abrasive. A built-in two-minute timer pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides, helping you guide a full and even clean. Up to 90% of us don't brush for a full two minutes or don't evenly clean. I like, so when you're looking at Quip, the toothbrush, it's very interesting. I, I can't wait to get mine. I have it. It's on It's on its way. Um, I'm obviously one of those people that are always on the go, always, you know, very busy. So I, I can't wait to try out this toothbrush be, and, and have that reminder, remind me of, you know, Hey, time to switch that 30 seconds and get all four zones evenly. That's why I love Quip and why they're backed over 20,000 dental professionals. Quip starts at just 25 bucks, and you can go to quip.com slash fantasy fix right now. You get your first fill refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash fantasy fix that's getquip.com slash fantasy fix next up we got golden state at minnesota no total on this one golden state's finishing up their game as we're going here um we obviously don't know if any of these guys are going to sit for golden state um wouldn't be shocked if somebody sits here um i think cousins they said no structural damage. Um, the, he'll likely um, sit Tuesday as well. So we'll have to kind of just expect Cousins to be out. But it'd be interesting to see if they sit like Curry or anybody on a back-to-back. And then on Minnesota, Covington's out. Dang is doubtful. Rose is doubtful. And Teague is out. Um, let's start with Golden State. Uh, this one's tough. Night before, not knowing if anybody's going to sit. But... I think the best advice we could give is if somebody sits, you just play the other guys, right? Like, you know, Golden State's one of the easiest teams to figure out when it comes to when guys are sitting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I for me, I like two of these guys to sit. So, you know, like if Cousins is out, like we assume, you know, I would like it if, you know, either Duran or Draymond or Steph or Clay, one of those other guys sits. It makes it easier to uh, pinpoint, you know. But, yeah, I – it's just tough the night before. Like I do think like you, someone might sit um, just on that back to back and, you know, being playing Minnesota, I don't think they need all these guys. I think they can have one guy sit. Um, so it would kind of depend on that just by the look of it though. I mean, I, I guess, you know, Durant would be the one guy I would probably look at um, right now without any news or anything like that from golden state not someone I'm probably going to get to in like my one to three lineups, but it's at least someone who I would, uh, you know, take a look at, but I think more of my interest would be on the Minnesota side. Yeah. There's a minute to go in that game against the Spurs and it's been a close game the whole time. Um, you know, I've been checking on it and, and, and watching a little bit here and 
you know, Curry's played 36, Durant's played 35, Green's played 35, and Thompson's played 37. So don't be shocked if somebody sits. Um, and, like, don't get into, like, the Andrew Bogut, right? Like, he he's he only played 19 minutes starting for Cousins. I don't think that's going to be enough. Like, he's 6X'd, you know. I just don't know if that's going to be enough on this slate, to be honest. Um, I could see it help, like you you getting there, but using a center spot to do it um, is a little bit tougher than using maybe like a small forward or a, a shooting guard spot because we have so much flexibility there. Um, Minnesota, you know, obviously any time this season when Teague and Rose both sit, we, we've looked at Tyus Jones. Uh, is 52 too much, or are you looking at Tyus Jones here, you know, expecting him to play around 30 minutes? No, I, I think uh, Tyus Jones is someone I'm definitely looking at um, with both Teague and Rose being out. Um, I just think you get it right around 30 minutes, um, even at 5,200. It's still something I'm, I'm going to look at. You know, Towns is another guy. I think um, if Golden State definitely sits one other guy, I think it makes him even more appealing and makes this game even more appealing because I think, you know, Minnesota might have a chance to keep this game close if that's the case. And I think Towns is a great uh, in a great spot, um, you know, with all these guys out for them. I, I, I think I like Towns. I like Tyus. I like Andrew Wiggins. A little bit they need people to score and uh those are the three guys that they have that can do it so i know wiggins hasn't played great but um i'd be willing to take a shot at 5400 on DraftKings. yeah 5400 for the shot attempts right like you know the shot attempts are still you know pretty much over 15 a game so you know, all you need is a night of Wiggins getting hot, and he's a guy that can break a slate for you at this price. Um, I hate playing Wiggins, but I love the ceiling when we're considering the price and the shot attempts and everybody being out. Love the Carl Anthony Towns call. Um, uh, you know, he's going to have Old Man Bogut out there. He's he's going to have Looney out there. Like, this is a spot Cat could have a really big game. It doesn't matter if this game goes small because they're going to play Cat as minutes. Um, like, they're still going to roll. Golden State can go as small as they want and try to put Draymond on Cat. And um, it's just not, Minnesota is not going to be affected by it. They're going to roll out Cat for 33 to 37 minutes, depending on if this game's close or not. So, um, is there anything else that we're kind of missing here? Um, you know, Sarge's minutes have kind of disappeared. I don't see really anybody on the cheap side. Um, I. Oh, the only thing, maybe, like, you know, they sat Iggy on the first half of a back-to-back, but, like, I don't, I don't even know if I would go there. Um, no, I, I, I can do it. I don't know. I don't know about you. I, I, can't, I can't do it. Hey, if Curry sits, I'll play Quinn Cook at 3K. Um, that's oh, yeah, that's, that's fine. I can do that. All right. Uh, Brooklyn at Sacramento, 231.5 total here. Sacramento favored by 3.5. Uh, Alan Crabb is out. And uh, Sacramento, for what I see here, is good to go. You know, looking at this game, I hate playing Brooklyn. Uh, you know, when they're healthy and everybody's there, it's just really hard to play anybody. But the fact is, they're 4 and 6 over the last 10 games, and they keep sliding down the East. Like, you know, the Magic, the Heat, and the Hornets are all right there. They're all trying to win games. And, you know, even Washington, like, and just the, the Nets keep sliding. 
I think we're going to start to see tighter rotations here for Brooklyn. Am I crazy, or is Brooklyn just going to keep doing it Brooklyn's way? No, I, I think you're you're right on on this. Um, I like some of these guys from Brooklyn. I like some of their prices. Um, Alan Crabb, I, he's still out for Tuesday's game, so that's good. Um, I think it helps with their uh, at least their guard rotation a little bit. You know, we saw uh, Karis LeVert played over 30 minutes for the first time, and I don't know, forever. And it was, it was he played actually pretty well. You know, he didn't end up having, like, a huge fantasy game. But, like, I watched that game, and he, he actually had, like, a, a really good, like, first half, and he looked, you know, pretty good. Not, not his old self. He's not there yet, but you can tell he's, like, slowly getting there. So um, I, I wouldn't mind taking a shot on him if he stays in the starting lineup, which I would expect. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie had just a terrible game from the field last game, but played 33 minutes without Crab. So, um, you know, and, and then the game before that, they blew him out, they blew Utah out, and he only played 24 minutes. So I think, you know, in a close game, he's going to be up in that 30-minute range. So I, I love those two. I love their prices. Um, you know, on DK, and I, I think, you know, Dinwiddie, again, on, on FanDuel, he's even cheaper. cheaper. He's 5,800 on FanDuel. I think that's a great play on FanDuel. Um, you know, Karis LeBert's 5,200, both both in play for me. Um, Jared Allen as well. Yeah, you know, I think the biggest takeaway of Crab being out the other night was LeVert, Dinwiddie, and Russell all played over 30 minutes. Um and Levert being the cheapest, you know, Dinwiddie having upside, Russell having upside. You know, even Allen, I know we've talked a lot about centers on this slate, but if he gets 30 minutes here against Sacramento, like he has upside at, at 5,500. It's just, you're obviously playing the massive guessing game anytime it comes to, you know, Jared Allen when it comes to minutes. Um, it's opposite, man. They started the season, they were playing him. I was so excited. And it's just, it's 20 minutes some nights. It's 25 minutes. It's just, it's all over the place. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think in a close game, they want to play him closer to 30. But yeah, you're right. It, it is up and down sometimes. Sometimes I let Ed Davis go a little more. It's just that ridiculous. But um, when we're looking at the King side of things, um, you know, Bagley's minutes are around, around, around 22 minutes a night. It seems like he's on a strict minutes limit. Bielitsa's minutes are gone now. Um, what are we looking at here on the Kings? Yeah, well, I mean, I I think that, you know, Darren Fox is someone at, you know, 7K on DraftKings you got to look at. Um, I like his price. Um, you know, Buddy Heald, he's in play for me. Um, but I think Willie Cauley-Stein, his price is just, like, too cheap on DraftKings at 5300 um, and the fact that I can play at least two centers in there makes them at least viable. Um, too cheap. They, they uh, you know, blew out Chicago last game, so he only played 20 minutes. And Giles and Bagley both went off in limited minutes. So, like, that combined, he didn't play his, like, normal 25 to 30 minutes, where I think he would have definitely, you know, smashed value. Um but I think in this game, you know, if the game stays close, he could definitely – I could see him playing 30 minutes with Bagley still on that uh, minutes restriction. 
Yeah, you know, I, I've been playing Buddy Heald, um, Hyde, however you want to say it, for a long time for the Kings. I love his ceiling each and every night. Um, you know, they blew out the Chicago Bulls the last game. I don't think that had anything to do with his minutes, but him and Fox are probably my two favorite options um, when it comes to Sacramento, but Willie Collie Stein, 5,300, right? Like, too cheap. Too cheap. Too cheap, too cheap for the upside against Brooklyn. Uh, you know, Brooklyn against centers, bad rebounding team. Uh, anything else from this one? Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm ready to go. Rolling along here. Pacers at Clippers, 219 total. Clippers favored by five in this game. And um, no injury, renew, injury news the night before outside of like Oladipo. Is a back-to-back uh, for the Pacers. Um, this game is just now getting started as we're recording here. Um, what's your thoughts here on the Pacers? I mean, one guy that I, I think is just too cheap is uh, Darren Carlson, 5,800. Um, I, I do like this matchup for him. Um, you know, going up against Shea, uh, rookie point guard. So I, I do like that. And then uh, Miles Turner, um, also just another center who I think is just too cheap and, you know, Clippers struggle against centers, uh, so I do like him a lot um, from the Indiana side. Uh, Thaddeus Young is also someone you could look at, um, but really that's it. it. It's a back-to-back for them, so it, it, I don't want to go too heavy on them, but those two, uh, Collison and Turner, are definitely two guys I'm going to be looking at. Yeah, like, you know, it's tough to judge. I was looking at Miles Turner's back-to-back minutes this season, and average. It's tough to it's tough to judge because he's gotten in some foul trouble in some of those games. So, Collison's minutes on a back-to-back seem normal. Um, so I, I would just have to kind of monitor the situation uh, and, and see what we're looking at here. It, honestly, this is probably my least favorite game out of the six games that we're gonna that we talked about. Uh, there's not really anything standing out to me on the Pacers side. And there's really not a lot standing out to me on the Clippers side. When we think the Clippers here, we think like the Pacers are one of the best defensive teams in the league this season. Is there anything standing out to you for LA? Nah, man. I mean, uh, really, I just think I'm going to take a shot with those uh, Indiana guys. I think might be just a little mispriced. But uh, other than that, I mean, I love playing Lou Williams. Um, You know, 6,800. I can see that, you know, the tournament appeal, taking a shot with him but I just don't think I can do it against uh, this Indiana team. Just, you know, the fact that they're such a good defensive team and they, you know, play slower and uh, I just don't think I can go there. So I think for me, it's just a stay away on that Clipper side. Yeah, it's kind of where I'm at as well. And, you know, the Clippers have almost spaced themselves enough from the Kings and like the Timberwolves and everybody where they pretty much know they're going to make the playoffs. So we might see like, Lou Williams, 27 minutes instead of Lou Williams, 35 minutes a lot here um, down the stretch. We're already starting to see it um, the last few games. Like Lou Williams has ceiling when he gets over 30 minutes. And if he's not playing over 30 minutes and in a tough matchup against the Pacers, even at 6,800, it's really tough to click that name when we've had so many guards and stuff that we've talked about. The Clippers are playing really good basketball right now. They don't really need to switch anything up and, the way they're playing right now, like Gallinari's been playing really good, and he's probably the only guy that I think I would take a shot on, and I don't even love that. 
Yeah, uh, I'm with you. You know, Gall- Gallo's uh, played awesome last game, and um, but I, I just don't think I can get there. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we're going to get out of here. I'm going to gargle some more salt water and go to sleep. I can't stop coughing, man. I, I've hit the mute get, button a lot this time. I, I don't get think the, I, You got the cold, the flu? What do you got? Dude, I have no idea. Like, I, I got sick over the weekend, and it's like, it was a it was a lot of non-sleep um, last week. I think it just caught up to me. I slept like 14 hours today. So You got to get algebraic syrup, bro. Algebraic <laughs> syrup. I'm, I'm telling you, that stuff, it is awesome. It is this is like so a Boston thing? It's not. It's it's not a Boston thing. I'll send you a picture of it. It's 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 so good for you. You just take it every day. Just one little like tablespoon of it. Um, it's it's is very this like good. A, is this a CrossFit thing? Like no, it's not a it's not a uh, CrossFit thing. It's like a it's like a health and wellness thing. You just take it. Right. Not not just when you're sick. Just every day. Uh, JSU, I trust you when it comes to this stuff. Um. You know, send me a picture. I gotta go to Publix tomorrow. Maybe you. they'll have it in the pharmacy or something. And um, all right, give me your favorite game to go over or under. This when we're looking at the slate, man, we have four games over two thirty, and you know, and that's without getting the Golden State uh, total yet. So, what are we looking at here? Yeah, this is like uh, I'm gonna say the um, I'm gonna say the the Brooklyn Sacramento game goes over. I like that one. I think that would be like the least chalkiest game out of that group too. I'm going to take the under in the Clippers game. Um, I've been taking unders for a while now. I just, it's fun. Um, under 5k to 7x. Who's your cheap guy? 5k to 7x. I'm not going to take, I'm uh, do I just take Boban? I feel like, is that cheating? I'm going to no, take I, Boban anyways. I don't think that's cheating. <laughs> I had Boban and um, Caruso. So I, oh, I thought take you were going to say Miritic. I was going to take whoever you didn't take. I, I think Caruso probably has the best opportunity to 7X. Um, his, his price is just ridiculously cheap still. Yeah. Um, over 8K, not to 5X. Uh, not a ton of options up here. Who's your bust? Over 8K, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Steph Curry. All right. Since you said Curry, I'll say Durant. Um, Favorite 6X. Who are we looking at for 6X on this slate that you just, you feel really good about it um, night before? Favorite 6X. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Carl Anthony Towns. Boom. Cat. I like it. Um, I'm going to say Trey Young. I think this price is too low on Trey Young. I think Trey Young has a big game here um, against Houston in Atlanta. Like, I, I just like the price. Like, even like, even at 6x, like he, he needs like 40, what, 42, 40, like 43 almost. Like, I just think the price call. is too cheap. That's a good call. Do you like him more than Kemba? I think I do like him more than Kemba. I think Kemba gets like there. I, I think Kemba gets there more often, for what it's worth. Yeah. I, I just I think this is a spot Trey Young has a good game. I like it. Uh John, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, nah, man. Everyone, good luck. You know, uh, tune in next time.
yeah, tune in next time indeed. That's going to wrap it up here. Appreciate JSU joining us. Appreciate um, David and Tom from TeamRankings.com. Remember, TeamRankings.com slash grinders to get that 10% off, um, making your bracket pools and all that good stuff. Uh, join the Morning Grind Listeners League, and we'll be back tomorrow. Hopefully, I'm finally feeling better. I'm sick of muting the mic and not talking a lot, but it, this this whatever this is, it's killing me right now. So good luck in your contest, and we'll see you guys again on Wednesday.